Okay. Welcome to <laughs> the first podcast that I've ever recorded. I have my husband sitting right next to me. We're lying in bed. Hello. <laughs> we don't really know how to start start this, but this should be fun. Yeah, it should. So we decided that we're going to do a little podcast on the murder mystery and give you all 14 scenarios, starting with Elizabeth Burrow Murphy. EBM. <laughs> we're going to go through this, and I'm going to ask a bunch of questions, and Abby's going to talk with her old lady voice and answer them for us. <laughs> <laughs> How should I Hello, I am Elizabeth Bane Murphy. <laughs> I am old. <laughs> no, I'm not doing a voice. No you way. Totally do a no, voice. I'm not doing a voice. Right. No voice. Should I do a voice? <laughs> no. I feel like you should be like the investigative journalist, being like, okay, so what's your motive? I'm going to try to enter my my inner um, <laughs> Mark Ruffalo from the movie Spotlight. Ooh, or maybe yeah. I could do Michael Keaton from Spotlight. Oh. Or maybe Do Batman. the Michael Keaton one and then insert some of the, like, TSL quotes. <laughs> <laughs> the creep creep. TLC. Yes. Was it TLC that you gave money? Okay. Whatever they were. Well, should we start this? Let's do it. Okay. Well, I don't really know how to start, but let's just, let's do Elizabeth. So, Elizabeth has an interesting story. Um, she's at the murder mystery. She's 78 years old. And I'm not going to tell you her motive until the very end. Okay. So, let me read a little bit about her, and then you can ask whatever questions you have. Okay. So, Elizabeth was the first and only child born to Jacqueline and Spencer Burrow, one of the wealthiest families in Europe, in 1841. Elizabeth's mother died in childbirth, leaving her father to care for her until he took his own life in 1857, still devastated by the death of his wife. Um, and then he bequeathed all of his inheritance to Elizabeth, who he loved dearly, even though he killed himself. Um, and she was only 16 years old when he died and she became the master of all this estate. Pretty crazy, huh? (laughs) (laughs) It's just sad. I had to write her with a really sad backstory because... She's like this single lady that has all this money. So how do you explain that? She needs to be a someone that you could really... Uh, she could be rich, but you'll also have compassion for her. Yes. Yes. Because she's like a miserable old lady. Because any other way you look at the story, like, she's rich. She can deal with it, whatever. <laughs> but I mean, if you don't have a family and you have a ton of money... It's... Yeah, I'd rather have a family than a ton of money. I mean, she has a ton of money, but if you look at at her family life, she's in complete poverty. Yes. She's got very little That's family. So deep, Ammon. Family 
um, currency. So deep. I love it. Okay, so... Wait a minute. Question. What? Can you use family as currency? <laughs> yeah. I'm not in America. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, so... I will trade a fun weekend with my family <laughs> for money. Okay. Stop it. No, I won't. Of course. Okay, I'd so let's move on. So she's 16. She's totally alone. She's like a millionaire back in the 1857. And she, when Elizabeth turns 22, she marries Richard Murphy after only knowing him a few months. Um, and they were deeply in love. Like, there's no... They just... It was love at first sight. They were deeply in love. Think of, like, Brad Pitt <laughs> and Jennifer Aniston. That's the kind of love they were in. Oh, I'm definitely team Jennifer. Not Angelina. Oh, I was going to say Brad Pitt. <laughs> Okay. Come on, I who's am, not going to choose Brad Pitt? <laughs> okay, Drew, I'm definitely team Brad Pitt. Are you Brad Pitt team? Uh, yeah. Duh. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to get through this podcast. Alright, wow. Okay, moving forward. They get married, she's 22. Well, they can't have kids for 16 years. She can't get pregnant. So, she finally gets pregnant when she's 38 years old. And it was, like, super unexpected. But by the time she did get pregnant, Richard was, like, checked out. And Elizabeth had, like, based her whole life off of having children and raising a family and then it just didn't happen and Richard you know she became depressed and Richard gets kind of checks out well anyway she gets pregnant um and Elizabeth's only daughter was born on November 12th 1879 and she names her Jane so Richard and Elizabeth have Jane and hey, that's then that's birthday Yes, it is. I didn't that's even realize. It's her son's birthday. I didn't even realize I did that. That's weird. What a coincidence. I wonder <laughs> how that happened. <laughs> oh, just a few hundred years before. Um, <clears throat> so Jane has, or Elizabeth has Jane with Richard, and then Richard leaves Elizabeth for another woman right after Christmas, less than two months after Jane is born. And I think that Elizabeth is kind of like, doesn't even care because she's so obsessed with Jane. Yeah, I do. I think that too. Like, I think that all the sorrow is like, like her cup's full again. And it's like, well, I don't really care about Richard. I don't know. Anyway, they have a a dick anyway. (laughs) That Richard. That rich. Um, so they have a beautiful time together as mother and daughter. And they just love each other and have a wonderful relationship, and they are super happy. And then in the winter of 1889, when Jane is 10, her and her two best friends, Rose Wilson and Sophia Swanson, they're skating on the lake, and they do it often, like during the winters. 
Um, and then one day as they're playing, Sophie falls through the ice and she drowns. And it's like super devastating for Jane. It's like traumatizing. Rose like doesn't even care. But Jane like blames herself and it like something deep inside of her changes forever. For the worse. Yes. Like I think she just blames herself. Like I could have done this and you know when those crazy like when accidents happen? Could have been me. Yeah. Yep. Or, like, oh, I could have done that. And you relive the moment, like, a hundred million times in your mind. And you're like, I could have... Like, when when we got in our car wreck, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I could have slammed on the brakes. I could have turned this way. I could have swerved out of the way. Like, there's no way that I could have done any of those things. But you still relive it in your mind. So I think that she, like, does that and she just can't let it go. Um... And then something in Elizabeth changes, too. She becomes, like, super... Be- like protective and recognizing that like ice skating may have been a crazy idea (laughs) well just that life is so fragile and in an instant like she could be taken away so I think Jane becomes super like anxious about the whole thing and blames herself and Elizabeth becomes more protective to the point almost of suffocation So from age 10 to 21, Jane is just living with this super overprotective mother, all the guilt, and in early 1900, she I think one one thing to to point out and to recognize as the story arc goes is Elizabeth, for 10, 10 whole years, in her mind, she had the perfect family function for herself. Her and her daughter, everything was perfect. And Jane felt the same way, too. And with that early set tragedy in Jane's life, it kind of brought her into the real world. And her experiences, the lovely experiences they remember having together, kind of went away forever. There was a fall from innocence. Yes. And The rite guilt. of passage. Yeah. So it's... Like the fairy tale ended. The, the fairy tale ended in real life. Life occurred. Yeah. And both Jane and Elizabeth, again, try to search for that um, love experience that they have, but they can never get back to it. And I think a lot of people go through that. Like, I feel like most mothers and daughters kind of go through that in teenage years where it's like, I love my mom so much and she's right and everything she says is like the gospel truth. And then it's like... Wait a minute. And you know what? Um, I think each of us, anyone who listens to this, can experience that and look back at their life and think. For example, I think you can say, "Do you remember the good old days?" <laughs> no, back, seriously. Back in the good old back days. Back in the good old days. <laughs> when you didn't even think about anybody but yourself, exactly. or or like any problem, like. The biggest problem was, what are we having for dinner, Mom? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, so true, so true. Well, that's another way to relate to to this character. Because we've all had our fall from innocence. Yes. Some some people earlier than others, that's for sure. I still haven't had my fall. Still living that good old, Still, good old life. <laughs> right now, this this very minute, 
I am in the good old days. Yes. That's why I'm enjoying life so much. Someone told me that. They're like, don't wish away these years right now while your children are young and you don't get any sleep and they whine all over you. And I'm like, oh, if these are the good old days, what do we have to look forward to? I'm kidding. The bad new days. Yeah, the bad new days. The bad new nights. Oh, goodness. Okay, so let's get back. So Jane is living with guilt and the overproductive mother. She turns from age 10 to 21. She's just like, this is crazy. And at 21, she moves to London and just is like, I'm not doing this anymore. Well, she goes to London and kind of gets in with the wrong crowd. That never happens. And we're going to talk about the wrong crowd in another episode but she meets you know from elizabeth's perspective she sees her daughter jane getting in with the wrong crowd no no it really was the wrong crowd though she starts she kind of like jumps off the deep end well i'm not saying that she didn't but i'm just right now we're focusing on elizabeth's perspective yeah that's true elizabeth really isn't sure she what sees the heck it, is she going knows on it. she can see it in her demeanor she can feel it in her presence when she does see her but yes. No, she doesn't see her for a full year. Well, when she sees her a year later, she sees it. She sees it. She's True. Changed. She's changed. She's definitely fallen for him innocence now if she hadn't she hadn't when she was ten. And so she gets in the back she gets in the wrong crowd, she gets crazy, and then she comes back a year later pregnant. So Jane's totally pregnant. Uh Jane gives birth to Lydia in nineteen oh one. And Elizabeth, when Jane has Lydia, Elizabeth is like, okay, you, here's an ultimate, here's an ultimatum. You either need to be the mother that, like, that Lydia deserves, or you need to leave and, like, not be a part of her life at all. And Jane leaves. But... Elizabeth gave her a small fortune, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's... It's still her only daughter. She still loves her. But she's like, you... I don't want you to, like, raise Lydia. Like, you... If you're gonna be gone, you need to be gone. And if you're gonna be here, then you need to be here. You know, I just realized, I'm pretty sure you got this inspiration from Gilmore Girls. (laughs) Stop it. Like the Grandma's Rory... Oh my gosh, no. The mom is, uh... Stop it. What's the mom's name? I don't even remember. And the, the daughter and the grandma have the same name, though, right? Rory? Mm-hmm. No, the mom and the grandma have the same name. Stop it. We're editing this out. Hmm. We are totally editing the Gilmore's girls out. It's so true, though. I don't even know how to edit this, but whatever. Okay, so... Jane leaves. It's really sad because she just feels like she can't do it. It's like, Mom, your expectations of me are just through the roof. I'm never going to live up to this. I didn't want the baby anyway. Like, you can have her. And I'm out of here. So, Elizabeth is left to raise her granddaughter, Lydia. And I think she's excited about that because the best time of her life was raising from ages 0 to 10 with Jane. So I think Elizabeth is kind of excited, like, oh, I get a second chance. I've always wanted, you know. Um, And Elizabeth gives Jane enough money to live a simple life, but 
is not giving her an invitation back. And then she also writes her out of the will and kind of, like, cuts her out of her life. Just kind of, like, it's easier to just cut you out than to acknowledge that this ever was real, you know? Just erase him. Like, Lydia's kind of like a reset. Like, I'm going to restart fresh. Okay, so in 1902, baby Lydia needs a surgery to correct her heart murmur. And Dr. Anthony performs an experimental open-heart surgery, which in 1902 was scary. Right? People would just die. Did they even know what a heart murmur was back then? I don't know if they knew what a heart was back then. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right, well... That's an important fact that we need to know for Dr. Anthony's story. Um, In 1903, Jane returns to ask for more money because she's gambled everything away already. Typical. Like, she's given her money that she can live the rest of her life. Like, a simple life forever. And she's... It's gone. How many years? In, like, two years. It's gone. I think... If Lydia had, or sorry, if Elizabeth was a good mom, she would have just kept sending her daughter money, a thousand bucks a month, or however much that was back then. Right. So she wouldn't, like, if she blew all her money one month, it's like, oh, dang it. Oh, like, set it up like that? Yeah. Oh, like, giving her, like, $500. Or if Elizabeth had taught her how to do that. I mean, obviously, it's all on, on Jane for being a dummy with her money, but... Well, she cut her can out of we, her life. Can we not blame the mom, too? Can we not blame Elizabeth? Yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe it had been better for no, her it's... to not give her any money. Yeah, Let I her don't figure know. it out. I don't know. Because, as I understand, the early 1900s was, like, a really easy time for women to have rights, too. So, <laughs> Right. Okay, so she's... She's gambled everything away. She comes back, and Elizabeth is like, oh, hell no. Oh, she does. No. She, like, totally declines. She's like, I don't know who you are. There's no, no, you're not getting anything. And Jane leaves, and they don't see each other for 17 years until Lydia is getting married. So, it had been 17 years. Anyway, this brings us to 17 years later in, what, 1920, when Lydia's getting married. So, Elizabeth's on her deathbed by this time. She's 70, what, 78 years old, and she's just quickly declining in health. And Lydia's getting married. She's the sole heir. She is the sole heir, and they all... Elizabeth invites everyone in the wedding party to come to a rehearsal dinner the night before the wedding. Um, Like, all close family and friends, and, you know, for the rehearsal dinner. And that night, Lydia is killed. Or, as we like to say, murdered. Yes. Murder. Murder. <laughs> what? Killed. Oh my gosh. Can you pl- 
please never do that again. Okay, so... Jane knows... I think Jane... It's been 17 years. Jane calls and is like, Elizabeth, can I come back? I want to see you. I want to make my peace. I want to see my daughter get married. Elizabeth is like, sure. Want to get in back on the wheel. Yeah, she definitely wants in back on that money because Elizabeth's going to die. Um, so there's 14 people that come to the wedding rehearsal dinner. Um, and we're going to go through each one of them. Each person has a motive to kill Lydia. Each person wants to kill Lydia. <laughs> Lydia's just a really... You know how there's people that are likable? She is very likable. Lydia's one of those, like, killable people. (laughs) Someone you want to kill. (laughs) She's got one of those personalities. Just a killable personality. (laughs) She's a person to kill for her. Oh my gosh. Well, so Elizabeth calls everyone to this dinner. Lydia gets killed with each scenario. We're going to go through all 14. With each scenario, she's dead between the hours of like 5.30 p.m. or like 5.30 a.m. Yes. She gets killed between those hours in each of the scenarios. And then the next night, everybody um, Elizabeth invites them to a dinner and says, hey, let's figure out who the murderer is. If we can find out who the murderer is, I will split all of my money 13 ways and we'll hang the murder. So that's kind of how it goes, right? I think so. Should we say like why should we give the motives of why Lydia would or why Elizabeth would want to kill Lydia or should we wait till the end? Let's wait till the end. I feel like we should give all the backstories and then for the last podcast we go through and tell everybody how each person did it. Or make each one a two-parter. Like, we'll have to ask, We'll have to vote. Yeah, we'll vote. Should we do one full episode or should we do all the backstories and then... Get I think, into the I think, murders. I think we should go through all the backstories first. Just Give so everybody we, just, the timelines. Just so everyone can know who everyone is and can kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do it that way. So we'll we'll okay. go through all the backstories first, so the listeners know exactly who they're what they're listening to, and know everything about everyone. So when we start reading off, we won't okay. We won't let them know which story we're doing, so they can try and figure out. I like who it. The murderer is well. Let's let's recap who all these people are. So we want to go through the fourteen people now, and then we'll recap every time. Just. Because there's 14 people. There's a lot of people to remember. So, That's crazy. That, do you know what I think is amazing? What? How does a person get 14 people to want to kill him? <laughs> She's just a killable person. I mean, think about it. She <laughs> like probably She probably knows less than 100 people. Lydia, okay. I mean, Lydia did go to college. <laughs> so she probably knows We should tell the people. backstory of, like, this island where but they live. 14 out of 100 people, like, have legitimate yeah, reasons lot. to kill her. Like, that's, that's a lot. That's impressive. That it is. That is impress. It's amazing you. she lived that long. Yeah, it is. She was twenty when she died. Let's tell Lydia's. We should tell Lydia's story in one of these podcasts. Yeah. Somebody wanted to 
marry her. Two people wanted to marry her. Okay, so... I wonder if there's a third person wanted to marry her. I'm sure there is somewhere. Okay, so Lydia is 20 when she dies. And we should probably go through Lydia's story at some point. But let's go through the 17 or the 14 characters really quickly. So we've got Elizabeth. So Lydia's the main character here who's murdered, and that's why everybody's come together. So I'm going to tell you who these people are and what their relationship is to Lydia. So Elizabeth is Lydia's grandmother who raised her. We've got Jane, who is her actual birth mother, but was never in the picture, really. Um... T- James is the butler. Thomas is the accountant. Um, Dr. Anthony is a neighbor who did the heart surgery on Lydia when she was a baby. Um, let's see. Victoria is a neighbor. Frederick is a neighbor. Tokugawa. He is kind of like the eastern medicine man healer person that lives with them. We've got Rose Wilson, who's a neighbor. She's, what? 40? She's the same age as Jane, and then she has a daughter named Mabel, who is Lydia's best friend and has been her best friend since birth. Margaret's also, like, their friend who grew up with them. So we've got Mabel, Margaret, and Lydia, the three girls of the town, And then the two boys are Frederick and Henry. Mm -hmm. So those five kids grew up in the same, you know, neighborhood, played all together. And Mabel and Frederick were, like, totally in love. And Lydia and Henry were in love. Um, We've got Priest William, who's also the priest. He owns a parish or whatever, runs a parish. And then Effie is the maid. Elizabeth's maid. So, Effie's Elizabeth's maid. Uh, who else do we have? We Is James, that 14? James the butler. So, let's go through one more time. You ready? Rose Wilson and her daughter Mabel Wilson, who are our neighbors. That's two. Oh, and Rose was with Jane when Sophia Swanson fell through the ice and died. That's another connection. Oh, yeah, connection. Who was the other person? Victoria. Vic- Victoria. Okay, Victoria is like the, the wealthiest woman Victoria in Europe. Swanson. She's the super wealthy woman. I think we're going to do her next. So Rose and Mabel, then Victoria. We've got Elizabeth and her whole household, which is James, Tokugawa, Thomas, Effie the maid. We've got Priest William, Dr. Anthony, um... And then we've got Margaret, Henry, and Frederick, who are also the little, you know, kids. And I think that's it. So, I feel like we you need to go on to my Instagram and we'll post these pictures so you can, like, get an idea of what these people look like and their backstories, too. Yeah, but think pretty generic. Um, obviously, the old people look like old ladies <laughs> with scowls. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, butler looks like a butler with a scowl. <laughs> Pretty much just think of what they would look like in your mind and imagine a scowl. I think maybe the... Uh, oh my gosh. Lydia, I think, is actually smiling and looks happy. Is she? She's uh, dead. Well, she's, she's dead. But she's, she's killable. De- and now she's, she's dead. And now she's dead. Okay. 
Um, well, over and out. This was fun. First time's the charm. First time is the charm. I think we're gonna do Victoria next. Yeah. She's the old she's the next oldest. Yeah. So she's the next one to enter the the, story. the scene. Yes. Alright. Until next time. Should we do a little chant a row? Lydia was murdered. Lydia was murdered. No, Who did it? Who killed Lydia <laughs> with the thing? Was, was it? it James the butler? Who, me? Okay, we've got it in this. Yes, me. <laughs> Couldn't be. Then who? Let's just say. And until next until time. Until next time. On Lydia, a murder case. Keep it classy. San Diego. But I did